also jump states, we do it based on, obviously, on the reference that we have. And we can only base them on, on our reference. But we always have to be very, uh, very, very, very conscious that it could be that our references are off. And who says that the way we decide if something is logical or not, what is, what is the tool of measurement that we use to define if something is logical or not? In our logic, but if and if our logic is not logic, then we're measuring it with, with a tool that can't measure it. So it makes it a little bit difficult, which is a which is, it's a known by the way, it's a known it's a known dilemma and paradox in studies of philosophy. In, in studies of philosophy it's a known paradox or dilemma because what are the tools with which you will evaluate a system of thought by another system of thought? But what makes that system of thought that is going to evaluate better and more valid than the one that you are evaluating? Like you're evaluating a system of thought, but with what? With a system of thought, okay? But why does that first system stop get to decide if this other system of thought is okay or not? Like you're judging it with yourself. It's not like in other sciences like math or or biology or other kinds of things that you can say that you have factual data. I'm not just factual data. I mean, of course, again, there are, there are rules and guidelines, but that we can agree upon and have a logic, a mathematical logic. Okay, and then we compare it by them. Okay, that's factual data. And when you go into thought and philosophy, you don't have factual data. You say, no, that's, you say, that's lo- logical. Says someone's logic. And that logic has been proven to be logical. You're going in circles. Like, who says? Like, again, it's not like math or other kind of science that you have data, raw data that you say, that's the data, right? Like, is it, is it now day or light, night? No, it's day. Like, who says what? It's simple sense. Uh, but, or gravity. All uh, right, okay, that's data. Who said it fell down? Like, it's not discussion, it's a fact, right? The facts you can't discuss. Interpreting facts, that's already something else. Extrapolating data, that's something else. That's like educated guesswork, etc. But fact is, in philosophy, there are no facts. It's life, but a lot will go automatically around interpretation of life, which already will say, well, is it okay or not okay? I'm gonna, just to make you understand, and keep in mind, and I am being recorded, so you who are listening to this recording, I'm saying this just for the purpose of an example. I do not think what I'm going to say now. (laughs) But just to make you understand how logic moves. It's completely ridiculous that women should vote. That is a logic that was 100% a logic 100-something years ago. 
that everybody could swear to. Today, everyone's saying, like, who's the moron who said that? Like, why? Why is that logic? You see? Like, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, everybody says, of course. Of course women can't vote. Such a ridiculous idea. It's like, it's ridiculous. What? When the, the, the fate of the country should be decided by women? Come on, be logical. Today, you say, what? Come again? Like, why? You're not being logical. Of course women have to vote. Maybe men shouldn't vote. That's a good question. <laughs> like someone once said, if, if, the, if the world was ruled by women, we'd be no more wars. Just a bunch of countries not talking to each other. <laughs> okay, we could live with that. <laughs> no, it's good. Actually, I, I, I vote in favor of that one. Less, less life loss, right? I'm, I'm in favor of that. If that's the worst thing, a bunch of countries not talking to each other, that's we, we can work our way around that. Um, so, you see, logic, right? So is it logical that women should vote? Who are you talking to? And when are you talking to? And in what system of thought are you talking to? If you're talking to someone 150 years ago, he says, of course not. And if you're talking to someone today, he says, of course, yes. The question is offensive. Right? Like, the sheer question is, 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 is sexist. Like, why, why don't you ask if men should vote? Like, why, why did you ask if women should vote? Just the question itself is already a problem. That's the logic of today, which we ascribe to, we understand. But don't think that people 150 years ago knew that they were stupid. No. They were very logical. And everything was measured with the rule of logic of them. Where am I getting at? So what is the logic? Who says that our logic of today will not be contradicted in 150 years from now? Because now we know. Oh, uh-uh, you got it wrong. They knew too. Yeah, but we knew that they were wrong. Well, yeah, we know that they were wrong. Yeah, but they didn't. So maybe, maybe we also don't know that we're wrong. Just follow. Now make it scientific pattern. If they were right, but they were wrong, so maybe we're right, but we're wrong. What is the data to which you compare it with to establish if it's right or wrong? And it's a big question in philosophy. So there's going to be a couple of guidelines, like, and it, like human value, human liberties, etc., etc. Philosophy will try and say, okay, let's have some kind of guidelines to define what is right and what is wrong, what is logical and what is not logical. And then we'll, we'll compare, we'll compare um, philosophy, systems of thought, based to those guidelines. But again, those guidelines were established according to a certain logic. Get it? Where we like running in circles? Who said? For example, we live in a world built of universal bill of human rights, right? That is like the the holy grail of Western civilization of today, right or wrong? Yes. In in monarchy, the individual right is not the highest value. 
the highest or nationalism, the highest value is the nation or the monarchy. And yes, individuals have to give their lives for the cause. It's two systems of values that clash with each other. We live in Western culture where the emphasis is put on individual value. Every human being is born free, it's right to be free, shouldn't be discriminated, not by gender, not by religion, etc. It's centered on the human rights of every individual. For us, that is like Ten Commandments. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Yes. Like, uh, who, like, who would be crazy enough to say he doesn't agree with that? Well, a lot of systems, and they say, we're not crazy, you're crazy. How can you run a place like this? You know what they would say? They say you'll never be able to run a country. What are you going to do? Democratic elections? They'll never get any job done because they're going to be replaced every couple of years. Oh, actually, they have a point. <laughs> that sounds familiar. And the whole country is just going to be ripping themselves apart all the time with political games. Who gets to rule? Nothing is going to go forward. Huh. That also sounds familiar. Yeah? It's like, how you want a country today? You have to have a group of people of royal blood or whatever. They decide. And the individuals give their lives for the well-being of the nation and the country. That what was, that's what was before democracy, right? And, and you can still find people who say, why are they wrong? Who says that a society that is built only around the individuals and the individuals deciding everything is the best society? But this is a Hasidus class, not a philosophy class and not a political science, political science class. Or sociology class. Why am but so why am I saying this? Because we're going to read now something that in our culture and in our way of values, in our logic, might give us rash or something else. Because this is very uncomfortable. Because this does not go with the culture and values that we are used to, the logic that how we see things, etc. etc. So the only thing I'm saying is keep an open mind on this disclaimer that exists in philosophy. When you judge a system, you're judging it with another system. Neither of which have been proven. It's just the system that you've accepted, you're using it to judge another system. It doesn't make it more logical. So that once you have that, right away, anyone who works and majors and etc. in philosophy has the humility that's why philosophy is a lot of essays and essays and essays of thesis and, and developments. Why? Because you have the humility of knowing that you don't know. That's what's in philosophy. You have the humility of saying, well, why is one idea better? Who says that one idea is better or worse than another idea? From the intellectual point of view, how can you prove it? And the answer in a lot of cases is, you, you can't prove it, right? In philosophy, what is truth? <laughs> what is truth? Whatever I say, that's a simple definition. Uh, if I say it, then it's true. Uh, uh, then you'll have seven billion truths, as, as many human beings you have. Now, we have something going for us. 
something where philosophy says, ah, if you're pulling that card, okay, fine, so game over, so to speak, because you're pulling a card that I can't compete with. That card is called theology. Okay, that's something else. If you say, let's debate ideas, can debate. If you say, this is what God says, okay, fine, there's no debate. You either accept it or you don't accept it, but it does cut the debate short. <laughs> but when I want, and I'm still part of this disclaimer, when we want to judge an idea that we're going to learn now in Hasidus, which is an idea of Taira, so theology, we're going to think about it with our minds, so philosophy. Keep in mind that even if we would be judging another philosophy, we would still need humility of knowing who says that my criteria is more than the one that the other one is holding. Even more so when the person is saying it's not a philosophy, it's a theology. Okay? I hear you. So now let's read. Once you have this disclaimer, it helps because it, it allows you to open your mind and say, okay, I hear. This is what is explained. So, Vihine. Of course, I'm going because it's good. There's going to be a very vivid description that can be, in, in a human perspective, seem painful, but a very vivid description of the servant, of his way of serving Hashem. The analogy of of all of the above, of the two kinds of servant that we, that we saw before, meaning the regular servant and the joyful servant, you, Van Gankin, we can also now understand in Bavoido Elikis in in the context of divine service. Because indeed we know that the children of Israel are called Avadim. Servants in Torah. In Torah it says, for the, the nation of Israel, for the children of Israel are my Avadim. Written in Torah. Now you could say, one second, one second, one second. But doesn't always say, also say that we are Hashem's children? So he right away, he already discussed it previously in the Maimon, but he repeats it now. He said, Mitzada Gufi. Which is true that we are Hashem's servant when we go from the physical bodily experience. When we are talking about the Jewish soul, in its bodily experience, in the, the way it is within a body, and a body being a body, being a physical body that is attracted by pleasures of life, of all things. In, in, in that reality, Jews are servants. For indeed, they will have to accept upon themselves the yoke, they have to accept upon themselves the yoke of, of the heavenly kingdom. To be able to serve God. And that is the reason why we say, Avinu, God, indeed, you are our Father as far as our souls go, but Malkeinu, but you are our King as far as our bodies go. Like my real life experience. Why doesn't it give an example of somewhere where we say, like, our Master? You know, because, uh, actually, the only time we say Amen is Adoi, when we say Yudkevavke, Adnas. Because we don't, we don't. In the whole Torah, it doesn't say so much the word Master. I, I want to uh, give you maybe one uh, uh, 
See, I mentioned it, but kind of a reference, like a parenthesis, like making the difference between the way we are as far as souls go and the way we are as far as in our bodily, meaning physical experience. Someone once said, had someone, I don't know who, I think it's a genius saying, said, communism is a wonderful system. It's such a shame it doesn't work with humans. <laughs> what does it mean? The ideas, actually come to think of it, can have a lot of merit. But then comes human reality. Can we as humans do it? Or will it turn out, as it did happen, to turn out? There was once a French comedian, Coluche, who, I think he, he said it very, very nicely in a different way. He said, capitalism was when man was when one man was abusing another, communism was the opposite. <laughs> okay. It just depends who is doing the abusing. Uh, eventually, it is always the sucker. Uh, <laughs> like, well, why am I always on this side? Yeah, life sucks. Uh, <laughs> so it just depends who is doing the abusing. Meaning the system sounded great. Everybody's going to get enough for everyone. It's a great system on principle. My analogy is like, on the level of the soul, you see what I mean? But with humans that are greedy, and that are envious, etc., etc., and that are power-hungry, not going to work. Because their human side, that it would be a great system with angels. But the humans, this is what I'm saying, are we children of Hashem? Yes, as far as our neshamas go. But once we are in the shama, our soul is in the body, oops, things become messy. And then we have to become servants. Knowing that Hashem is our king. Hashem is our king and our liberator. Why did he bring this about liberator? Because in a way he liberates our soul from the body that it is sinking in. So he, that acceptance of yoke, is exactly... The acceptance of yoke that you have in the divine worship is exactly like a servant has with his master. A regular servant. It's a double negative. It's like la. The whole, everything he works with, you have a question? It's only with a big yoke, yes? Um, by the same logic as the analogy of communism, then couldn't we also say, yeah, time of Mashiach sounds fantastic. In theory, but how can you expect humans to actually be able to do is that is the answer just God wants the time of Mashiach to come? Or the, the difference being is that God is still in the control room. Meaning communism was a system that was utopic, and the people who made the system could not control the human beings. So you unleash a system to a society that cannot implement because of its shortcomings. Your system is great. People aren't. Um, <coughs> Mashiach time is something that is going to come when mankind has been brought to that by Hashem himself, who is still in the control. See, so that's why we don't run that risk. So anyway, the servant 
Everything will be with a big yoke. Lisbel Kolavoyde Koshen, he will take upon himself to do hard work. Avshem Oid Neged Retsoyinik Kanal, although it is very much against his will. Mikol Mokoim, nevertheless, Nasezek Teva Etzloi, it became a nature by him. Mitzal Oila Avdus Shekibel Olof. And I want you to underline those couple of words. It's the yoke of servitude that he has taken upon himself. And the reason why I want you to underline it is because although we are now going into a description of someone that it sounds is not having, any, to say the least, a happy life, that's how it seems. It seems that it's someone who is very much in denial of his own needs and his own, his own leisures and pleasures. But you have to keep in mind that at the end of the day, it's always free will. I spoke with a, a, a couple of you before. I, I said, maybe an example, I'm not sure, and I think I also gave it in a previous class. I'm not... I'm not saying it's a perfect example because I know that one can, one can say that it's, uh, there's, a lot, there's differences, but still an example where a person is <coughs> raising a family with all the obligations that go with it, not really remembering when was the last time a person had like a normal, minimal, normal night's sleep, like at least seven hours, and not remembering. So that it's, it's what the person doesn't want to have a normal night's sleep. The person doesn't want to have just free time, etc., etc., etc. And the answer is yes, the person wants to, but the person took it upon himself to raise a family. To have a family and to raise a family. And now the person puts aside their, their personal comfort and pleasure to take upon themselves the charge and obligation of being a parent of raising a family. So you have this kind of... But on the other hand, it was a choice. It was a choice. It could be that the person didn't fully appreciate it what he, she was in for. Could be. Or the person actually did. The person did. Because there's enough, there's, enough, there's enough info out there. The person knew exactly that the next 20 years, just forget about yourself. Okay? Just, you'll start thinking about yourself in 20 years. What do you want in 20 years? Yeah, 20 years. Give or take. Are you, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, very serious. No, but the person knew that. And the person said, fine. And the person got married, had a family life, and the person is, in a way, content by doing that. On a day-to-day life, it's hard work. It's hard work. But there is the, there is the satisfaction of the choice. Because it was that's why I wanted to underline those words. It's oil ha'avdos. You see the words that go together? All ha'avdot, what does it mean? The yoke. 
of servitude, Shekibelolov, meaning that he took upon himself. Oh, so it's a choice. Of course it is, because there is Bechira Chavshez, it's free will. Yes. Um, in regards to this example, um, a parent and his children, like, he still gets pleasure, like intense pleasure from his That's, children. I, I was thinking about all that when I said the example is not a good example in all aspects. Okay, but just like just, just trying to focus only on that side of being completely in a system of not sleeping enough, of preparing food, getting ready, taking care of having a family, Baruch Hashem. Okay? And when does it stop? It doesn't stop. It does not stop. Never, ever, ever, ever. But is it saying that, the, that this category of servant never feels satisfaction and joy from this servant? We'll get to the end of the night and we'll see that. We'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll talk about the jury part. Yeah, your question and then Batya. Yeah. I feel like, um, maybe I'm wrong, but this feels like when some people have said to me when I say I'm on a gap year, I'm at my note, they're like, that makes no sense. Like, you finally have a gap year. Why are you in a program where, like, you have to be somewhere at certain times or you can't go some Like, my note happens to be very free and, like, I can, can't do whatever. Like, I, there's very few things that I can't do, but, like, people are like, why would you enroll in a structured system on your one year off? from being forced into a system, but it's like, you, you know, I don't actually want to be anywhere at 9.30 in the morning other than in bed, but like, but I appreciate <laughs> the system. I can maybe, and before I take your question, I'm going to push it a little bit further. I already, right away, retract my second example, because it's, it's not really not a good one. I'm still going to give it and retract at the same time, okay? Uh, could it be that a person commits to Torah mitzvahs because you're Jewish and a person actually says well I don't know if I would have wanted to be Jewish no one actually asked me if I want to be Jewish but since I am Jewish and I understand that this is true I'll commit to it and then the example that I'm giving and retracting is the unwanted parenthood meaning I don't want the kid so you're going to live up to your duties as a parent? Yes or no? See the question? Yeah. Getting that like, up. Huh? It's people like you I You didn't want, fine, but it's here. She's a mom. Fine, fine. You didn't want the paradox. Yeah, but now it is. So what you do? You'll keep on like whining, sorry to say, like every morning when you wake up and make, so to speak, your kid pay for it. So to speak, right? Because so the kid is really going to feel you like the anger, like you ruined my life, so to speak. Or no, saying it is what it is. It doesn't matter what I would have preferred. I am a parent, period. And a parent takes care of their child, period. End of discussion. You like it, you don't like it, it so doesn't what's matter. The choice? Huh? I'm not understanding what the choice is. No, I'm saying the choice is to follow Torah mitzvahs. But, I don't we have a chilek With the servant, the choice isn't that he's being a servant. The choice is that he's doing his master's will. No, no, he's a, no. How does Shekibelolov? He, no, they decide... No he one is choosing to be such a servant. So here he is... He, uh, he, he, the Rebbe Rashab here is referring to someone who did. 
Why would someone choose I, to be? I would it could. It could be. To be such a seven, yeah. you to do something against every part of your world. Like, it could be. Yeah. So like the, what the part where like your desires aren't even a desire because you feel the like, yoga God so much on you. Like I want to be like that. No, to the muscle. The muscle could be no. The muscle could be a little bit like we said for the joyful servant, but with year up, with with fear. What did we say about the joyful servant? One second, one second, one second, one second. What did we say about the joyful servant? Why is he joyful? Because he recognizes the greatness, the value, the cause. You remember that, and he wants to dedicate himself to that. Imagine that same kind of uh, um, devotion, devotion, but out of fear. Meaning, who I, if he is a big enough master, and if this is, it, it actually it goes more like more like king than master. But it's not a choice. Okay, fear, I see what you mean. Okay, I okay, I hear what you mean. I see. So we would have to still in the muscle, because here is where the muscle has to be bent to. Correspond to the nimshal. It's true. Yeah, we we would have to talk about a scenario as not plausible as it may be, but still, I am talking about that scenario where you would have an evet that took upon himself to be an evet because of the greatness of the master, and he decided, oh, he didn't have to become an evet. No. Now, okay, here's the tricky part. Do we have to do what Hashem says? Yeah. Yes and no. <laughs> Meaning yes in an absolute form, but no because I can not do it. Right. Different types of activity. Yes, exactly. You want to Exactly. And so, so we 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 have we like we have to oh to do what Hashem tells us, but at the end of the day we can decide, well I'm still not gonna do it. And the heaven is not falling on our heads, because that is the principle of free will. Which I'm saying, I want you to choose. But it is what it is. So here we are like this. Where the Evet is an Evet, the servant is a servant, but theoretically, he could decide to go against the master. The choice isn't to be the servant, the choice is whether to be the Yeah, no way. Yeah, yeah. It, is. Yes, it, is. it is. I feel like, so there's somebody in my family who like, she got pregnant when that was not the intention at all and then that guy did not want to stay with her it's and it was like a whole that's unheard of it was like this i know it was like this whole thing and basically then their wedding pictures are kind of interesting because like when she when she was like five six months pregnant she finally convinced him like let's get married and stay together and raise this kid and like i seeing him in this role is really interesting because it's like on the one hand, like, he did not obviously want this in his life. He's, like, 21 and does not have any, like, he didn't have any interest prior to, like, being a husband or a father and, like, has all these things he wants to do in his life that he can't now. But, like, on the other hand, he made a choice. And, like, I'm using him rather than her. Like, she also obviously did not want to be in the situation. He even like, more. He even more. He really had the choice to walk away. Like, he's not, like, yeah, he's not it's not. carrying the, the child. Right. And, and the fact that he stayed is like, it's very much his choice. And like, I think he's really happy that he has his, like he ha- has his son in his life and, and like he's doing a right, good thing. But like, it's also not like in the day-to-day little it's details, it's not just making uh, happy. What, uh, what uh, 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 already said, that it's true that this is where the example falls short. Right. 
Because when it comes to children, so at least you have this, this other side. Like, you have a child, you can go, you have some kind of pleasure. Okay, so you have to give up certain things, but you, right. you gain something else. But this like is where the example does really. Because here is, here is about, I give up everything, and I... But isn't the feeling in of the yoke yes. something in return? Yes, yes, it is. But, it's a, but that's the bit that we're going to get to. Let's continue inside. So anyways, that is his whole essence. To serve his master. And he, is no, he has no self-existence. I'm going to read a little bit faster because it, it, it expands and really develops this idea. Okay? So, unless we really have like a whole new concept that I want to introduce, then I'll stop. That is the case in any acceptance of what is called the yoke of, of, of heavenly kingdom. That comes from divine fear. That is called in Ovet Elohim, he's called someone who serves God. By the way, it, it, it directly relates also to today's Tanya study. Uh, for those of you who learned the daily Tanya, we, we finished the 14th chapter and he talked exactly about that. About what does it mean to be an Ovet Elohim? It's a, someone who works for Elohim. The Elohim, Lashan Sarara Ve'adnus. The word Elohim refers to the term uh, um, Master. By the way, okay, that's today's Chomish. And you always have all of Chitas today. <laughs> Just in two. No, it is. Today's Chomish. Because it says, Moshe says to Hashem again, I can't speak to power at all. And then Hashem says to Moshe, Hine Samani Elohim Lefarah. And they said it intentionally with a hey. Hashem says to Moshe, You will be the Elohim for Pharaoh. What does that mean? Explanation is, you will be the ruler of Pharaoh. Aaron will do the talking. You will be the, um, how do you call it, the, the master? The, master, the master, master puppet. Master. Huh? The puppet master. You will be the puppet master. Samani hine samani Elohim le Pharaoh. You will be the ruler of Pharaoh. And Rashi says, you will direct him and control him. Aaron will do the talking. So there we use the word Elohim, God, but in a sense of, of, of secular, not in the sense of holy. That's why I said Elohim, because it means you will be the master, the ruler. Now he won't be the God of Pharaoh. No, of course not. Shem is, is only one God. So that's today's Chumash. So Elohim means the ruler. So what does it mean to be Oved Elohim? To serve Elohim? That he sees God as his ruler and he takes it upon himself out of fear and fright of God in his soul. That is the reason why a person will be able to subjugate his whole physical body, to be like an ox that will carry a yoke. Mamash, really. To, to do all uh, his efforts with human strength, 
to go against his nature, and whatever he desires. Just to go in the yoke and the path of Torah and mitzvahs the whole day. negative, and although that will be against his nature, he does not desire the yoke of Torah. Actually, come to think of it, he doesn't want any yoke. He just want to chill. Just be free in everything. Mikol Makai, nevertheless, Harihu Mekabelolov, again the words, you see? Hu Mekabelolov. He decides to take upon himself Oil Hatorva Mitzvah, the yoke of Torah, the yoke of Mitzvah, Liagabezekalayaiman, to put his efforts in it the whole day. Velo Mishum Shemotsebazeto Elas Laatzmai, and here in the Chama we come to what you said. And he will not do it because he will find some kind of other plus in it. Like the example with the kids. Here we're not talking about something he says, okay, I know what I give up, but I know what I gain. Personally, no. He does not find any personal benefit from it. Maybe he does and he just, that's not why he's doing it. Yeah, that's what we mean. That's what we mean. That's, he doesn't find it, that's not what he's looking for. He doesn't do it because that thing is good for him. The person feels the light that there is in Torah and Mitzvah. No, he doesn't feel. Here it comes in. He doesn't even do it to please God. Why? Because doing it to please is a kind of a pleasure in itself. Pleasing someone is pleasurable. Provides satisfaction. So why does he do it? Because you have to. Everything is just sheer obligation. He does not feel at all shayach to this. Uh, no, no, not the deep English. We're living Mashiach times, and there is a reason. I don't want to. It, it, it will may it may or may not go in contradiction with this mime. It doesn't, but it's going to take a long time to explain why it doesn't contradict it. But we're going towards Mashiach time, and that is why. Uh, that is why human individual value is so important. Uh, because uh, because because you're going back to the little kinds of creation where, where Hashem created one human being. Every one human being has the whole power of the whole creation. Um, why am I saying this? Because the importance of that we our self-importance that we have, at least in our culture and our eyes makes that we don't feel distance anymore. Uh, which also explains a lot of, for example, um, what is it called? Um, uh, uh, children being arrogant with adults, or etc. Et Not that it, besides the fact that it's, besides the value of manners, etc., etc., put that aside a moment, the question not being the question of manners, the question being the question of distance. Where <coughs> children, adults, younger elders are like elder people can be judged by younger people. 
um, politicians are not overly respected. Uh, actually, come to think of it, the people are sometimes the most respected are the people who were the most successful in their life, meaning they made a lot of money. Think of a modern day society. Those will be the icons. It could be stars, movie or music stars, but sometimes even uh, uh, um, company people, like Steve Jobs, etc. you get the idea? And people who are very successful, I mean, they made it and they made a ton of money. Those are the icons. Politician. Like, not, like seriously, that's not like, okay, fine, if you, if you take a picture and get an autograph, why not? It's cool. But it's not like, well, respect, respect. This, this idea of respect, of distance, is not, is not so, it's not such a common value. And it comes with individualism. I'm not saying that as a, as a lewd word. It comes with individualism as being a, a value. So since I am important, then it puts everything in a close perspective. Anyways, am I making sense? Okay. Why am I saying this? Because today, I can't give you... All that was to say that I can't give you a good example that you're so far from someone that it doesn't even cross your mind to say, I'll do this to please him. Who are you? Like, why do you even think that you're on the radar? Why do you even think that you can do something to please? Let, let this idea sink in. Meaning, you do what you do. You, you, you do what you have to do. You know what? Maybe the only example I could maybe find. A private. A private, the U.S. Army, any army in the world. A private, like he has no, no uh, grade yet. No, huh? no rank yet. It's like zero rank. Okay, he just happens to be on whatever, on, on duty, security duty, and in, in the post of command of the, the, the central chief, whatever. And here comes the. Chief of Staff, five-star general. The private will not say, oh, I will do that to please that five-star general. You understand what I'm saying? You can't please the five-star general. You're part of his army, but meaning you have your sergeant to please, so to speak. You have to get an inner circle to be able to please him. You have to exist in his sphere. You don't exist on his level. You exist, but you, but not enough to please. You understand? Please is more intimate. Is more close up. You're not that close. You get the idea? Who are you? I want to do something to please the five star general. Like, there's another word, chief of staff? Chief of staff? No, not chief of staff. No, not chief of staff. Is that a chief of staff? Huh? Yeah, but the one. The, 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 well, the, Commander in chief. Huh? Like, that's the president. 
Yeah, yeah that's a president. Right. Exactly. There's like four joint chiefs of staff. Okay, so one of them. Okay. But you're private. Like, you're outside, just holding the door. He didn't see you. Not literally. He didn't see you, so to speak. He would have seen you had you not been at your post. That's when you know, you're there and you have to be there. And he, he wants you to be there. But you're not close enough to be on. I'm going to do something to please him. You're, you're too low down the ladder of everything. So this is the simple event. He says, you do what you have to do. Why? Because you do get to please Hashem. Like, who am I to please Hashem? Does that sound you, logical? Yes, he feels distance. Like me pleasing Hashem? But is that yeah. the actual reality? No. No. But that this is, he's not shy to have such a reasoning. Mm-hmm. For him, it's not possible to have a reasoning. I'm going to do something to please Hashem. He is so far from Hashem, doesn't go. Yes. So, no. What about when we. Um, I was thinking of like when we donate money to a cause, but then I thought even more of like when um, Gift of Life came here and. We spoke, you just, no? Okay, you know what Gift of Life is? I'm not sure. It's basically a bone marrow registry, so they come to like huh, seminaries, okay, yeah, yeah. birthrights. Uh, yeah, you swab your cheek cells yeah. and you are, you're in the registry. <laughs> so a lot of us did that. I think, like, you can say, oh, everyone feels like this, like, oh, existential, like I'm saving a life, whatever. But like, meaning when, when the campaign is like, we have a little girl in San Francisco who's dying and she needs a match, like, I don't. Like, I don't do the cheek cell swab because I feel like she personally gets pleasure from me doing that. I'm, like, doing that because I think it's the right thing for me to do. I think it's the right thing for all of us to do. And then someone will be the match, and that person will directly give her pleasure or whatever. Like, that person will directly save her life. But all of us doing that swab, okay. I think, is the right thing to do. about the great idea of being able to pleasure. Here he says, the person is not shy. I really wanted to pick up on those words. What does it mean he doesn't feel that he's shy to give Hashem pleasure? And the answer is his distance, his position in himself. In other words, Hashem is, I am a simple servant. I just do things. I'm not, I don't feel, I don't feel close to Hashem. So he does everything only out of yoke of Hashem. And that's why? Now that he has accepted Hashem's yoke, he has to do what Hashem wants. He does not allow himself to go idly, do nothing. For Hashem's yoke, his master does not allow him to be sitting idle. And forces him to do what is his, uh, um, Hashem's will. And it, it, we continue on the next page. Um, I'm going I'm to read it very quickly because we got the idea. Uh, so let's just go through it very quickly. Like physically a servant. The real servitude. That he should not be idle ever. But he should always serve his master. And always do something that relates to his master. 
so too who beruchanayud is in the spiritual worship of Hashem. Shaol malchot shamayim shalav that person's yoke of God that he that he put upon himself does not allow him to go idle but to serve him constantly and although it's a yoke it's something that in truth he would not have wanted but the yoke of God that he took upon himself now forces him that he cannot be otherwise even at night he won't have a restful sleep because he will awake from his sleep and go learn Torah or he will wake up to say to him Chai even when he sleeps, he will continually have the yoke of Hashem on him. That he should sleep in a proper way, according to halacha. He shouldn't come to a, what is called a stumbling block. And awaken himself in case of need. Everything that can be. Uh, 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 needed for uh, physical uh, awareness, protection. Here, actually, he refers to more uh, um, uh, like uh, arousals at night, etc., etc. But the idea that he's referring to, the idea that he's referring to, is that it's a state of mind. It's not a checklist. It's not a checklist. It's not. Shachis did that, uh, did that, fine, okay, today I'm a good Jew, which, which can happen, but here we're not talking about that, we're talking about a person who says, I am Hashem's servant, all the time, he's like, ready, all the time, I'm serving Hashem, I'm serving Hashem, it's like, all the time, he's an Eved Hashem, it's extremely intense, yeah. that's why you can't pretend, you, you are or you're not. That kind of level of, of, of serving is Hashem, you can't pretend to be. You either are it, and then you're it for real. Or you're not. Oh, we'll stop here for today. We'll stop it for today, and I hope uh, you understood the reason why I started my class by saying that the difficulty in this mimer is to... Not the difficulty. The... the Okay, what, the hurdle, the hurdle to, to watch out for is not to apply our criteria of what we consider to be normal or logical and right to what we hear here. Because the way we see it, this is something that is difficult for us to relate to. Like we don't know, uh, we would want to say, if this is your PR, if that's your like campaign for Judaism, uh, yes, you're gonna have a tough time uh, because that's not 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 a lot of people are gonna sign up for that program. So it really doesn't sound fun. So uh, we have to explain like why would a person because then he accepted why would a person go into that? We didn't get why would a person accept that? But this is how you would not only have a checklist. We're happy with checklists. 
he doesn't, this person doesn't want checklists. He wants to be completely given over to Hashem. Day and night. That's it for today. Thank you. Thank you.